Hey all, I hope everyone is staying safe and warm. I really miss being with you all in the house of the Lord this morning. And um, I just uh, wanted to maybe uh, share a couple of words um, to, uh, to uh, give us a little wisdom to maybe uh, get through the week. Um, we talked last week in church about... Um, uh, Jesus healing Simon's mother mother-in-law in the uh, fourth chapter of Luke and uh, and uh, next Sunday we're going to talk about um, Jesus showing up at Simon's workplace and uh, asking him to drop everything and follow him and that was actually the sermon that, that we we're going to do this morning. And I thought maybe I'd uh, take this opportunity to share just a little story that happens in between those two events that uh, we actually wouldn't have got to um, if uh, this morning went as planned. But as I was as I was studying for uh, for the sermon I was going to do, I came across this little story, and it really spoke to me. And I think that maybe it will uh, it will speak to you too. And so this story uh, comes from um, the fourth chapter again of the Gospel of Luke, and it's verses forty two through forty four. Uh, remember where we left off last week? Um, Jesus has uh, uh, sort of uh, moved into Simon's house. Um, he uh, healed Simon's mother-in-law, and now everyone is bringing their sick and their demon-possessed uh, to uh, Simon's house because they know that's where Jesus is. And, uh, and sunset comes, and so Jesus stays the night. And, um, and then this, uh, this passage takes place immediately after that. Hear now the word of our Lord. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he went on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So, here's the scene. Jesus gets up really early in the morning and leaves Simon's house uh, because he wants to find some place by himself um, where he can pray. And for him, that means gigging outside of the town. Uh, the, the scripture says a solitary place. Um, uh, a good translation of that is out in the wilderness. Uh, he goes outside of the uh, of the city gates, and uh, and he finds a quiet, remote spot and begins to pray. Sidebar: If uh, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needs to get away and pray, uh, then how much more do we? That's a different message for another day, right? So um, Jesus is sitting there praying, and um, and all the townspeople in Capernaum start to notice. They notice that Jesus has left their town. He's left the town gates, and he's gone outside to pray, and they start to freak out. Is Jesus leaving? Where is he going? What's going on, right? And so uh, it, it says... 
they, they meet him there and they try to keep him from leaving. Um, in fact, the, the Greek is a little stronger. It, it says uh, that they try to restrain him uh, from leaving. They try to keep him there um, by force, maybe. And so the townspeople um, are trying to keep Jesus from going away. And, uh, and Jesus says, no, um, I need to go uh, spread the good news to all the synagogues um, in all of the towns. You see, those people in Capernaum, they wanted, uh, they wanted Jesus to stay put. They wanted Jesus to be their personal Jesus. Uh, they wanted to put borders around Jesus and say, this is where you belong. This is where you're going to stay. And Jesus says, no. I don't just belong to you all. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to spread the good news to all the towns in Judea. Now, um, when I was uh, doing my studying and, and I was reading um, this, this phrase, uh, Judea, a, a lot of the biblical scholars say, well, um, maybe Luke was geographically confused because, uh, because uh, Judea is, uh, is nowhere near the region where, um, where Jesus would have been preaching. Judea is in the south. Jesus was in the north in the region of Galilee. Um, I don't think Jesus, I don't think Luke was confused. I think what Jesus was saying was, I belong to this whole country. I belong to the Judeans too. I, be, I, I belong to everybody. In fact, put it another way. Jesus doesn't belong to us. We belong to Jesus. Now, as soon as I said that, right, you knew it was true. <laughs> uh, there probably wasn't a big, uh, big news flash. Jesus doesn't belong to us, but we sure act like Jesus belongs to us sometimes, don't we? We sure act like he's our own personal Jesus. Like we can put these borders around him and say, stay here, go no further. When I was in Sunday school, we had this uh, song that we uh, used to sing. Um, uh, if I had a little white box to put my Jesus in, I'd take him out and, and share him with a friend. You ever sang that song? It's a cute little song, but when you think about the message it sends to children, it's not actually a very good one. You know, we don't get to keep Jesus in our little white box and just pull him out whenever we want and just assume Jesus is just going to go along with whatever we're doing and whatever plan we have. He's just going to stay in his little white box because Jesus doesn't belong to us. We belong to Jesus. 
We like that idea of the little white box, though, don't we? Um, you know, uh, whenever uh, we're uh, arguing about something uh, with someone and, and maybe uh, we know that Jesus agrees with us, we can, uh, we can pull them out of that little white box and say, hey, hey, Jesus, uh, tell them what you told me, right? Uh, but then um, when, uh, when we're in an argument and Jesus starts to... Uh, speak for the other side a little bit. We're like, oh, that's enough. That's enough. Get back in there, right? <laughs> uh, we don't like this idea of Jesus um, uh, getting too far out of the borders that we have uh, prescribed for him. But Jesus doesn't belong to us. We belong to Jesus. Jesus doesn't stay inside our city gate. Jesus doesn't say, stay inside uh, the borders that we prescribe for him. Jesus has come for the whole world. A phrase you'll never find in the Bible, and one you probably grew up with, I grew up with it, I've said it a million times, but it's not in the Bible. Personal Lord and Savior. Um, we talk about that all the time, don't we? Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. I love that song Johnny Cash sings, your own personal Jesus, right? And those words bring us comfort because we know that we have that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. But we have to keep in mind that we are not the only ones that have that relationship. He is not our personal Lord and Savior. Jesus came to save the entire world. Jesus came to be the Lord of all of creation. And so I uh, just jotted down a couple of questions I'd like you to think about. And maybe these questions can help you determine in your own heart, in your own soul, whether you are living like Jesus belongs to you or whether you are living like you belong to Jesus. Here's the first one I jotted down. Um, when was the last time you read the Gospels and you had your mind changed? When was the last time you got into, uh, into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and you read one of those little red letters and you said, Oh, oh, wow, I've been thinking about this all wrong. Um, oh, wow, I've been acting like um, I'm, I, I'm supposed to win against my enemies. And Jesus says, no, I'm supposed to be praying for my enemies. Or I, I've, I've been acting like, um, you know, uh, I'm supposed to care about this. And Jesus says, I'm supposed to care about that. When was the last time you let those red letters change your mind about anything? If, uh, if we're always reading the gospel and Jesus is always agreeing with us and is always confirming what we already believe, then maybe we're uh, acting less like we belong to Jesus and more like Jesus belongs to us. Now here's the other question I have. When was the last time you saw Christ in someone you disagree with? Think about that for a second. 
um, one of my favorite writers, Anne Lamott, wrote um, that you can rest assured that you have created God in your own image when it turns out that he hates all of the same people you do. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Do we just assume that the, uh, the things that make us angry are the things that makes Jesus angry? That the people that drive us up the wall are the people that drive Jesus up the wall? Maybe we're acting like Jesus belongs to us and he's staying in our little white box when the truth is we're supposed to belong to Jesus. And we're supposed to look for Jesus in the hands and in the faces and the eyes and in the hearts of people who are very different from us. Here's the last question. When was the last time Jesus asked you to do something you didn't want to do? When was the last time Jesus asked you to do something that you didn't want to do? See, if you're living like Jesus belongs to you, then, then one of the surest tells of that is that whenever uh, you get the sense that, that Jesus wants to do something, it actually turns out to be something that you wanted to do anyway. You're like the, the, the preacher that thinks Jesus is, uh, is calling him to Hawaii, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm sure there's someone uh, Jesus is calling to Hawaii, uh, but it's probably the one person that don't want to go, <laughs> right? I think we're all called to Hawaii this morning, aren't we? Um, but when Jesus calls us, it's oftentimes to get outside of our comfort zone. It's oftentimes to go somewhere where we don't want to go. We want to stay in, Cap in Capernaum. We want to stay inside our borders, inside of our walls, right? <laughs> Those concrete walls and steel slats make us feel comfortable, but Jesus is always calling us outside of our borders. Jesus is always calling us outside to go somewhere we don't want to go. The surest sign that we are living like we belong to Jesus, that Jesus is calling us to do things we just don't want to do. That Jesus is calling us to, to, to see his, his grace and his work and his loving action and people that, uh, that we don't like. I've got this little, uh, this little um, uh, uh, quote that I, I keep on the wall right behind me. It's by John Wesley. And um, it used to be on the door uh, to my office when I worked at Central. And it says this. We must not narrow the cause of God to our own beliefs, but rejoice in goodness wherever it occurs. We must not narrow the cause of God, what God is doing, what God is about, to our own beliefs, but rejoice in goodness wherever it occurs. So those are some questions to think about um, as, you, uh, as you go about the week. When was the last time you read the Gospels and had your mind changed? When was the last time you saw Christ in someone you disagreed with? When was the last time Jesus asked you to do something you didn't want to do?
Think about that. Am I living like Jesus belongs to me? Like he stays in the borders of my town? Like he stays put in the little white box? Or am I acting like I belong to Jesus? Because the truth is, we've tried that white box thing before. It was called a tomb. We put Jesus up on that cross. We nailed his hands. We left him there to die. When it was, when it was all over, we laid him in that little white box. And we rolled the stone over the mouth of it. And we said, stay put. And did he? No, not by a long shot. Three days later, he got up. He got out of there. And he went where he pleased. He walked through walls. He ascended into heaven. And you know why? Because Jesus doesn't belong to us. But because of what he did, because he let himself be crucified, because the power of God resurrecting him from the grave, we can belong to Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.